Bucks big win with a special guest. The only guest really that we have. Um, so we're going to talk to him in a second here. We're going to answer your questions and that will probably be the show today. Um, so quick show, short show. Um, it'll be a little weird because I will probably do a half Zoom, half audacity. So if you think like you're like, oh, weird, he did the mic for half it. Don't worry about it. Just live with it. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, um, that's probably way too much information. Let me welcome in our guest. We have my Tabby Keg co-host, Mitch Ross. He's here. He's like, we have to. I was like, hey, I'll fire up the pod. We'll do this. I mean, that was an all-time Bucks win. Yeah. Regular season. I mean, I mean, I don't know what it is about the the Brooklyn games. It, it brings brings it out of me that I gotta gotta do a little post game reaction. Um, yeah, the last we did, time we did it a lot in the playoffs, um, but yeah, well, haven't done it all this year. I don't think. No, the last time we did it was, I mean, they got beat by 50, and we thought they were, I mean, they didn't get beat that bad. I mean, it was like 36 or something like that. But we yeah. were like, we we basically were catatonic. We were like, all right, well, I guess we all thought we were hiring Rick Carlisle. Um, <laughs> it was basically, if this is it, if this is it, uh, we love you. And <laughs> it was one of those things. It was, it was, it was very much, uh, yeah, it was negative. I mean, Times were times were bad, and uh, lo and behold, uh, the 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 we reached the Shangri La that year uh, last summer, and um, I'll tell you what, things are looking looking pretty good now. I know that it's a it's a one point win over Brooklyn or two or whatever it was, um, but that was an absolute just fucking dogfight in Brooklyn. Um, you know, both teams for the first time in a matchup this year between the teams were healthy for the most part. And just there's just a shit ton to unpack from this game. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where you want to go. You know, Giannis, Giannis surpasses the, the record for the franchise scoring over Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on a three-point shot of all shots, a huge one, yeah. a big nuts shot. Oh, my God. And, and I was terrified the whole time in that fourth quarter after Middleton was ejected for a, just a, just a sham of a call that that was going to overshadow. I was like, yep, Giannis is going to get this record and we're going to lose. And we're going to, going to be bitching about the ref. Oh it's yeah. Gonna be, oh, it's going to be just a total, total black eye on a, on a great, what should be a great moment. Look, I, I um, was ready to do the, the review and the, the whole like podcast would have been Milwaukee against the world. And it would have just been this entire thing. I might have even print, printed T-shirts. I mean, it would have – I would have really leaned hard into it because it felt that way. And then a friend of the program, Nolan Murphy, sent me a tweet that Brett Blankney, the referee who was refing the game, um, was the uh, – he's done 12 straight Nets wins until tonight. Tonight was the first Nets loss that he's done in the last 13. Wow. So, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, that like, is uh, – that's fishy. That's fishy, I'll tell you that. It's a little – you know, bitch, it's, it's a little weird. It, it's it's a little strange. And so I was I was all – They only have like 38 wins. I know. Look, man, I was all ready to – uh, basically do uh, a whole thing about, like, this is just a complete collusion. They're trying to make sure the Nets aren't <laughs> going to be, aren't going to be the nine and the 10. It goes all the way to the top. 
Um, because <laughs> as another friend of the program, a lot of friends of the program, Eric pointed out to me during the day today, like, so Charlotte has a tiebreaker over Brooklyn right now. Um, Brooklyn plays Atlanta tomorrow um, night. And if Atlanta wins that game, and Atlanta's playing all right basketball. Now they're not playing good teams. They're just kind of beating up on the sister of the poor. Classic like Atlanta, classic what the Bulls have done all year, classic what the Cavs have done. Um, if Atlanta beats Brooklyn in that game, Atlanta has a tiebreaker over Brooklyn. So there's a reality where the Nets could be 10th, um, which, I mean, is unbelievable. But it could actually happen. I don't think it will. I think they'll beat Atlanta on Saturday. But you never know. And, man, what a fucking win. I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo – just he, he can say all he wants about how like he's not listening to the MVP noise. He's not hearing anything about it. Dude hears everything. Okay. Like he knows he has Nick Monroe telling him every fucking thing that's going on right now because it, it's evident, right? You don't do that if you, if you're not hearing the noise. So um, that's definitely uh, a guy who, I really think is, you know, kind of at another level right now. And it's just back to back 40 point games just doesn't happen if you don't hear the noise. Um, I I do want to, and it was, and it was the two, like two huge games against on the road. Um, I know Bucks and Sixers on Tuesday was not a uh, um, nationally televised game per se, uh, as we discussed in the, in tapping the keg podcast yesterday, but, I mean, it is – everyone who mattered watched that game, I think. And, you know, really, it, it, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's it's one thing to do 40, 16, and whatever against Atlanta on a Saturday night when people are watching the Final Four. Uh, it's another thing to do what he did tonight on, on Thursday night, TNT, primetime, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Kyrie back in – Etc. All the storylines, and then you know, I, I yeah, I agree with you. He's he's taken it by the by the by the horns. I mean, you have fucker knots like JJ Reddick saying what he said, and now I oh, I did I, see what I I did I did I did see the uh, the clip. I you know I don't know if there was a ton of malice behind what JJ Reddick said, um, but you know I guess to not include him in in the the top tiers, sort of so to speak, is is pretty sad. Um, yeah. But what do you, what do you expect at this point? Yeah. I'm glad you brought JJ, JJ Reddick on JJ Reddick up because Nick Wright, I feel like we have to let Nick Wright into books, Twitter. Like I feel like mm-hmm. Nick Wright is one of us. So Nick Wright went to the game and he goes, he quote tweets about an hour ago. I know everybody loves JJ, but are we supposed to, and we're supposed to be nice. But as I sit here in the Barclays and watch Giannis be the clear and obvious player on the court, I got to say, saying Giannis isn't one of the top three players is the leading candidate for worst sports take of the year in 2022. And Mm -hmm. then he said, I think this was after the three, goes, yeah, that guy's not top three. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. But it's all in (laughs) acronyms. And then... And then Nick Wright continues. Nick Wright didn't stop. Like, Nick Wright went all in. He goes, what an exciting game. Now Giannis hits two game-changing shots, and KD gets to miss two game winners. Imagine how shocking this must all be for J.J. Redick. 
And yeah, get it, that's, get uh, it. Uh, that's a that's a body bag. I mean, that's a that's that's a dug his grave, threw him in, and then shoveled dirt on him. Uh, <laughs> well, and then he he ends it. This isn't about Reddick, but this is actually like a good tweet and a really interesting tweet about I legit feel for KD. He had to be the second best LeBron for a decade. The moment, in all caps, he might have passed LeBron, Giannis passed him. Second best player out of high school. Second pick in the draft. Second pick <laughs> in, in the NBA. Legit awful luck. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Those I, are, look, I, I, I don't, are, bitch, are, I can't disagree with that. I, I can't. <laughs> I know. And, and, and as much as, like, I do not hate Kevin Durant. Um, he's just, it, it, like, it's impossible to hate that guy. Like, well, I shouldn't say it's impossible, but, you know, he's just a tremendous, tremendous player and, and a very, he's the one guy that you fear, right, in the league, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's it's just a respect thing. It's it's like, you know, if I wasn't a Bucks fan, I'd probably have the same type of respect and admiration for for Giannis, and it's kind of like that with Durant. I'm not a Nets fan. I've never been a fan of any team Durant has played for, but I mean, you have to enjoy watching him play, and um, you know, he's just he's a very, very special person, but you know, I, I guess like, yeah, I can't disagree with anything uh, Nick Wright has said there. That's, uh, that's, that's great to hear. Yeah, no, and he was, and yeah, he also said, he took a picture, he's probably one, I don't know, it's like fifth or sixth row and he goes remember kids no ticket is too expensive if you bet on the right team uh, so like i mean you know that's one way it's one way to look at it but yeah i mean man this this game i mean we're giddy right now and i think we're giddy because we know we just know like this was such a message these last two games the bucks were pretty much dead as you mentioned like middleton's out we're down nine with what three minutes left we're all kind of like all right you know whatever Mm -hmm. this bullshit and i'm not even standing i did move to like kind of my my spot on the couch that's kind of a lucky spot i cracked open another light because i'd had enough crafts and then i i started standing after we got single digits and i'm like okay all right can we do this well and like so we're down nine and that was so then the flagrant two that was two shots in the ball I don't know if Brooklyn scored. Come, I think they did come score coming out of that. And then, you know, you have the, the you had another turnover by the Bucks and yeah. uh, the L- LU play that got Barclays totally unhinged. Yeah, and uh, you're thinking you're thinking that that's that's it. That's way too much to overcome. But you get um, and the honest misses two free throws, but Wes Matthews, I mean, tips tips the follow in. And you're like, okay, you know, that that's the type of play that can possibly swing momentum. And sure as shit, it did. And then he had another big three in overtime. I mean, yeah, Wes Matthews, give him his flowers. Um, and, you know, on a night when, like, no one was doing anything besides, you know, the uh, future MVP, I mean, it is, um, you know, you got to give Wes, you know, it really, it's it's been a, an interesting insertion into the starting lineup, but it, it, it looks like it makes sense. I mean, it probably takes some pressure off Grayson Allen to just be, I guess, a guy on the team um, because and it's not that he was doing anything wrong per se, 
in the yeah. starting lineup. It's just, it's just probably, you know, that's, that's a better defensive lineup with Wes Matthews in there. And, you know, Wes isn't gonna, he kind of is a PJ Tucker, a mini PJ Tucker, if you will. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's an inch, a couple inches shorter, but um, yeah. has all the heart and, and, and does, does what that starting lineup needs. It's really interesting because we started the year, we were like, all right, we don't want PJ Tucker. And I think, you know, it was a partly, they didn't want to give him two years, partly. I mean, we've been over it so many times, right. And partly, I think Bud might have had a little, his feathers might have been a little ruffled by the way P.J. Tucker probably approached it. Um, it's a little different than I think a lot of the other Bucks players. And so they're like, all right, whatever, we'll we'll survive without him. And I think, I do think like the hope was that Semi Ojale would be that guy. Now we can scoff at that because Semi got released by the Clippers. Semi's probably going to be playing for the Shanghai Sharks um, probably next year. But at the same time, yeah. like, you know, and this is what horse does. Like, I even said it about Packers. Like, I would really love Gutekus to do like a horse. Just take a flyer on like four or five guys, see what works. And I don't think you can kind of do it as much with the NFL. But like, just try to see what works. And if a couple guys hit, like, great. Like, it's awesome. And Semi didn't hit. And they got rid of him. They got off that contract. They got Serge Ibaka, who also didn't play. So he obviously, I have to think Serge Ibaka. So like, I don't know if it's an illness thing. I don't know, right? Like, I feel like Serge could have at least contributed in this game. Um, but regardless of that, they were like, okay, we actually do need kind of that PJ Tucker guy. I think West. We think West Matthews can be that. And they probably worked with West a little bit. They probably told West like, hey we want you to kind of be this once Brooks back and Grayson Allen, although credit to Grayson, Grayson played really well. And I thought in the, the fourth quarter in the overtime period kind of thrust into that when Middleton gets ejected, they went with Grayson instead of Pat Conton and Pat was really red hot, but I think it was Grayson's defense that kind of kept him out there versus going with PC. Yeah, the, I guess I, I hadn't considered that, but that's a, a good point. I mean, yeah, Pat was actually hitting tonight, unlike unlike Tuesday. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was good good to see Grayson out there. I mean, interesting interesting lineup to close the game and all of overtime. I mean, Drew Holiday, uh, Wes Matthews, Grayson Allen, Giannis, and Bobby Portis. Um, people forget Bobby Portis was played off the court. Uh, in that series last year against Brooklyn, and yep. Bobby was kind of kind of hung in there tonight. I mean, he he wasn't great. Um, I think he's still maybe adjusting back to a bench role, where you know it it, it's, it might take a minute. And um, he did hit a couple shots at the end of the third to sort of stay within striking distance, which I thought was was big. Um, obviously, some of the just um, toughness he provides is is valuable. Um, but you know, Brooks stunk. So, I mean, he really had, had no choice there. Um, I don't know what was going on with him tonight, but you know, I, I didn't think he did much on really either end. I, I mean, I, the thing that concerns you about Bobby is that, and I tweeted this like in the first quarter that he just, when they put him in pick and roll, he really gets fixated on Durant and Durant's able to just, to just kill him basically with, with the pass typically. And um, 
you know, Durant really didn't, didn't have that great of a game. I mean, I think he had 20, 23 or 25, maybe. 26. He had 26, 26, 11 and seven, but he had 26 shots on 21 attempts. Like, right. That's not what he played like 45 minutes. 45. You're right. Yep. 45. Him and Kyrie played 45. Kyrie had 25 on 22 attempts. Kyrie was in the Drew torture chamber in the fourth and yeah, he disappeared. Completely disappeared. disappeared. Yeah. It was. The same shit we saw with Harden, right, on Tuesday night, right? Like, Harden had a really good game up till that fourth quarter. I didn't really think Kyrie had a great game. I mean, the only real reason that Brooklyn was in this thing was because of Bruce Brown, which is fucking absurd, right, that Bruce Brown yeah. is the, the big three. But, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was something else, man. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. Uh, some – people outside the bubble here uh want to see that in the first round i do not because i don't need um the added blood pressure um of that just seven games of that shit would be would be a nightmare i mean i i i really do think though when it comes down to playoffs and it's nuts on the table sort of things i think the bucks could win win a series in five against this team I know you might think I'm crazy, but they, yeah, they're, they're just, dude, like. You could, Bud, you could talk me into less than seven, but I don't know about five. But Bud was pretty loosey goosey with his lineups, right? Like Giannis ended up playing 39 minutes. Drew ended up playing 43, but that was partly due to overtime. If you take away that yeah. overtime period, he's playing 34, 34 and 38. Like, I don't know. That's, that's not a ton, right? And I think the bigger, like, bud thing that I really hope that he takes away from this game is that you have to give Javon Carter a chance, and you can't mm-hmm. give George Hill all his minutes. Like, George Hill played 16 minutes. Javon Carter got in for a, a quick breath. Like, I think they brought Javon Carter in, and that last like, – yeah, the very – He played, like, the, the last – he- yeah, he played the very the last possession of the third quarter and last possession of overtime. I think. Right. And he played 25 have, seconds. Yeah, exactly. You have to give Javon Carter some of those George Hill minutes. Like George Hill just, I mean, he no points like he yeah, he is. And he just I, I I think at some point Bud will realize it. And maybe again, like I think we are far past questioning Bud, but I, I, I think that's more of a thing where you look at Budenholzer and you say, all right, maybe this is a regular season thing. Will playoff Bud do the same stuff or will they start phasing out guys? And they, they did that. Remember, like we talked about Brent Forbes last night, like Brent Forbes was a guy for a, a basically like a playoff and a half and then he couldn't make any shots against Brooklyn. And then I was like, all right, we're done with Brent Forbes. Like it's, it's not happening. We're not going to put Brent out there anymore. And that was basically it. And so, yeah, I think they are, I think they're more than, more than capable to sort of make sure the adjustments are happening in the right way. And I do think that the Bucks are going to shift the Carter more and more as it gets close. Like, I, I do think there's going to be a game where George Hill fucks us and Boonholzer is going to be like, all right, we're done with this. We're not going to, we're not going to do this anymore. I don't know when right. that'll happen, but I hope it happens soon. Yeah, I'm looking at the box score, and it's just like, how do they win this game? 
Right. Uh, it's it's free throws. Um, Bucks yeah. had a huge advantage at the free throw line. They had like 17 more free throws. That canceled out the three-point variance. And mm-hmm. the turnovers were a problem. 22 yeah. for the Bucks, 16 for Brooklyn, which is not exactly a clean game either. Right, yeah. Um, Brooklyn having 16 basically kind of kind of null and voids that what the Bucks and did. Brooklyn finished at 46% shooting and they were at like 60 for like for parts of that game. And the second half, I, you know, their shooting percentage in the second half alone must've been at 40 or below. Yeah. Um, so there again, I mean, Bucks D Bucks championship D and I think even Reggie Miller for all of his faults, he did have a good point. I think in the, uh, in overtime, just saying like you're seeing championship, level like scrambling multiple you know scrambles championship level defense and I agreed with that now Reggie I, I think I'll touch on him briefly he's he's continues to spread um, misinformation on <laughs> on Giannis where it's just like oh you'll live with that three or oh yes you're praying he'll pull up for that too like bro he's shooting like 40 three percent from mid-range this year which is like probably what Kyrie's doing and then he's shooting like 72 or 75 percent from the free throw line like he's just fine from the free throw line like I, t- right. I texted you and Shannon like when when Giannis hit essentially what became the game-winning free throws I wasn't worried at all like you know especially when you know when he hits the first one that's the hard one you know it was like I know he's hitting the second one for sure I was. Man, he did. I, I saw your guys' text. I was more nervous than you guys were. Um, I was coaching him through it the entire way. I, <laughs> I, I, I feel like my wife has has judged me a lot in this last like two hour span. Like I was probably a little too fired up for this game, but I don't know. I, I sat on pod Monday. Like playoffs start started started this week, and uh, I'm approaching it the same way. And look, I. Boston doesn't want the smoke. I'm going to say it right now. Like, it's going to be a great game in, in, in a week. And maybe it might not mean nothing. Who knows? We'll see how it all shakes out. I don't really care who we play. You know how I feel. Uh, but it's – they don't want it. Like, they're, they're close record games. They're 4-16 and 16 now in games under five points or less. That's a team that doesn't have ice in their veins. That's probably bad news for a Bucks team who ha- is awesome down the stretch and just has guys who, whether it's a Drew step back, whether it's a Middleton mid-range, whether it's Giannis, you know, doing whatever he chooses to do. It's probably not a good sign for your team come playoff time. Just saying. Yeah. Tremendous game. I mean, it's just yeah. crazy I mean, to think that Gian- I mean, Giannis, Giannis hits a step back three to send it to overtime. I mean – Wow, that is uh, something we probably wouldn't have dreamt um, pre-pandemic. No, but it, and, it happened. And also, too, like I mean, here's the thing: Giannis now is five and zero in the last five games he's played against Durant. That's incredible, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he talks about how Durant's the best player in the world, and he's five and zero against that guy. I mean. There, the whole thing, it's, it's kind of crazy. And it's kind of so funny how like Giannis and this MVP debate, which is so annoying and it's 
it's all the the pundits can talk about. But it's like, how can you now look at it as Giannis? Like Giannis is closing this out kind of better than anybody could. He's not going to play against the Clippers. I, I mean, I don't think anybody's playing against the Clippers tomorrow. I was literally, I was thinking about that. I was, the Clippers were in a, I might have went to overtime tonight too in Chicago. It did. Can can I just really quick? Like I know, like we none of us care about gambling, but I I put the Clippers, the Bucks, the Pistons at, at plus ten, not the money line, and Xavier tonight in a money line parlay that would pay it out pretty nicely. And the Clippers were up ten at some points. I was like, oh my god, like really nice night, and the Clippers fucking blew it. So that's why I don't gamble, you know. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I I don't know. You will not see anybody in that game. Like if you have tickets for that game, T's and P's, um, because like you're not getting Giannis. I don't think you'll get. I think Middleton might play just maybe because he only had 30 minutes. But I don't think you'll get Giannis. I don't think you'll get Holiday. Maybe you get Brook a night off, and you just let the other guys just kind of do it. If you beat the Clippers, great. If you don't, not a big deal. And get ready for another national media game against the uh, Dallas Mavericks on on Sunday, which is on ABC. At noon. So, yeah, but the daytime Bucks thing, man, I think is dead because they all have kids now. Like, I don't think they like they like the whole daytime stuff when the Bucks were younger. I think was a real issue, but now that they have kids. I don't think it matters anymore. In my opinion, mm-hmm. that's just me. But yeah, it's and, uh, and all. I'll say I'll say one final thing here. Uh, yeah, the Sixers losing to the Pistons, you know, that just uh, was a nice cherry on the top of the night to notice that after the game that yeah. Philly's Philly's really duck in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's yeah Philly man. They had ninety two points right against Clippers, top fifteen Doc, getting it done. Um, you and I both participated in uh, Philadelphia seventy Sixers space on Tuesday night, which was. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sicko behavior, but we, I mean, it was great. I mean, fucking Sixers fans are in a really rough spot right now. And I, I think it's just, yeah, the Sixers are just a really weird team at this point. And they didn't rest anybody. Harden and Bede both played the Pistons. Credit to them. They've been playing really well down the stretch. Um, but still, like, you can't lose by double digits to a Pistons team that has nothing to play for. Like, you have to. Harden, 4 of 15 and 2 of 9 from 3 for James Harden Ooh, tonight. Jamesy. Rick Ross coming through. Port of Miami. Embiid <laughs> uh, um, had, Embiid had uh, 37. So, but yeah. again, it's Detroit. Yeah, they don't have anybody. I mean, there's Isaiah Stewart, but Bagley got hurt, I think, in that game. So it was really just – I mean, and you look at Detroit, like looking at their box score, like, yeah, they had nobody. I mean, Killian Hayes, nice off the bench. Kelly – I forgot Kelly Olynyk on on the Pistons. He can't yeah. hurt us in the playoffs, Mitch. Um, Bucks killer number one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That was the Heat. That was the Heat, Heat's first mistake last year. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a known Bucks killer, Kylie Olenek. Um, But yeah, it's it's pretty bad, man. But yeah, I don't I don't think that a lot of guys are going to be playing tomorrow night. I think it's going to be a rest day. That's okay. Um, and again, as I think we're both on team. I don't care about the seed. I get your point 
that you don't want a series against Brooklyn. I think the NBA it looks at this game tonight and they're like, can we fucking get seven games of this? Like they're like, they're like, Silver's probably sending text messages, like, how do we rig this to get this to make sure that we have seven <laughs> games of this? Because it's, I mean, yeah, it's incredible. Bucks right now, for those wondering, half game back of the Miami Heat for that number one spot. Um, the Nets now. Yeah, and they they clinched a playoff spot with the victory too. So. Oh, cool. Good, to, good to know. Yeah, you're right. There's a little not that there. not that we were worried, but <laughs> yeah. so right now, as we, we mentioned earlier when we were talking, Nets, Hornets, and Hawks are all tied at 40 and 37. Incredible. Wow. I I can't. I I truly cannot believe that. Who do who do the Heat have tomorrow? They probably play tomorrow. I'd assume. Heat yeah. are no, got they, hurt, I think. No, he he'd have Chicago um in Chicago on 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 Saturday. So we know the Bulls lose that game. Um, because that's just what the Bulls do. But yeah, it's 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 gonna be awesome, man. And we'll uh we'll talk probably next Wednesday in preparation for that Celtics game as well as anything else. And I'm really happy we, we did this. This was fun. It's kind of, mm-hmm. it's fun. It, you know, I feel like we don't do a lot of instant reaction stuff. And I think what I'm learning in those instant reaction moments is it's just kind of all over the place. Cause we're just like, it's like, Oh, shooting for the hip and you don't have time to really like think about anything, which is good. It's fun. Yeah, it's okay. it makes it, it, oh, absolutely. hundred percent. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll take your questions without Mitch. Um, I have to prep my top NCAA players for one of the questions that I was asked. Um, but yeah, we have a couple good ones and, uh, Mitch, appreciate you hopping on. I know you have an early day, so appreciate you hopping on with, with us. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get Shannon here. Shannon, I think Shannon's salty that we didn't invite him on. I feel bad. We could have, we could have easily framed it as called the Bucks group chat. Like it would have been a segment. Could have done the whole thing, but that's all right. We'll uh, we'll live to see another day. We'll we'll have him on, uh, hopefully at another point, and maybe he gets it done. Top guy on the uh, Tavern Cake Madness, so I will give him the choice of where he who he wants to pod with. If it's just me or with both of us, so that'll be his choice if he chooses to pod. But I'm sure he will choose it. All right, yes, sir. That, well, thanks, thanks for having me. Peace out. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. We'll. Uh, We'll see it. We'll see you next week uh, on the podcast. I will see you in person uh, probably tomorrow night. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll a good one. All right, take care. And yeah, the the audio is going to change here. Just just deal with it, okay? It's it's Friday. Like just just don't be a dick. All right, we'll, we'll uh, talk to you on the other side. Awesome that Mitch was able to join us for a little while. Let's get to your questions. We don't have that many. Uh, we're going to answer three. Uh, basically, the third one is more of a question that I posed to myself while walking my dog, but that's okay. Um, I appreciate the support as always. Hopefully, more questions will come in. If we start to tail off, maybe we will uh, move on to doing this like every other Friday, but but whatever. It is what it is. We it, we made up for it with all the Bucks talk uh, with Mitch. So the first question is, what is your top five? What is your starting lineup of best NCAA players since 2000? Apropos with the Final Four happening uh, on Saturday, we gave our picks on Tapping the Keg. I'm riding with Duke at this point in Kansas, going chalk, 
But I'll tell you, if I start looking into it a little bit more, I might I might waver. The Duke thing against Carolina, it's all about the three-point shooting. Carolina was awful against stopping the three, but they've seemingly fixed that in the in the postseason. And maybe it's just a close game, and in a rivalry game, I feel like you take the points. I think Kansas, I realize you want to talk yourself into Villanova, but Justin Moore is their second best player. And I don't I just don't know how Villanova could get get off the mat. I also don't know if they have the size with McCormick and Anajobi. I butchered his last name. Ajabi, I guess I think would be that. I was like Okanjobi. Uh, so apologies to him. <laughs> um, but no, I don't think they have the size to keep up with Kansas. I think the only way Villanova wins that game is if Colin Gillespie's in Remy Martin, aka Trey Young Jr. If they if he's in his shirt and it frustrates Remy Martin, and all of a sudden Remy Martin has like eight or nine turnovers, and basically Villanova has more opportunities. But I lean Kansas harder in that game. I like Kansas a lot more in that game than I do Duke or North Carolina. I think Duke North Carolina is a toss-up. I think it's one of those games where you just bet because everybody else is. But I would not throw anybody in a parlay. I might throw Kansas in like a NBA parlay or something like that. But there is no way I'm touching that. I also like the under in Villanova, Kansas. I think that is a very sharp play. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points. I think that's kind of a first to 60 kind of game. I said that about Villanova, Houston on this podcast. I didn't get, I think Friday I said that. But I, I, I at least tweeted it out and then I took the over like a fucking idiot. But, you know, sometimes you get in your own hat. Sometimes it's just too easy and you should you just should see it coming. But it's here nor there. I mean, I'm also the same guy that won an under bet with the Nets and the Bucks, uh, and it went to overtime. Barely though. I mean, if it goes to double, I lose that. But it was two forty three. Uh we ended out at two thirty nine, so we were very close. We were a few bucks made baskets away from losing that one. But we did. So it was good. Bucks won. Everything happened. If the Bulls win, as I said with Mitch, we won a lot more money. But that's okay. It's okay. It's gambling. It happens. All right. So I'm dodging the question. Top five guys in the NCAA since 2000. So 22 years. There are so many guys. I almost took this question and was like, all right, let me flip it and be like, what are my favorite guys? So that I could talk about Joseph Forte. Could talk about Kevin Pitsnagel. Could talk about Mike Ganzi. Could talk about, I'm trying to think who else, Jay Crowder. So that's a weird thing. So I, Jay Crowder and Jimmy Butler are two guys I absolutely adored in college. Devontae Gardner also in that mix. And now that they are perpetual assholes to the Milwaukee Bucks, I I don't really kind of know what to do with myself in that situation. It's a, it's a hard one to say the least. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved I love Jay and, and Jimmy in college. I love Devontae. I, DJO is another guy who I, Jarrell McNeil, no, oh my God. I mean, there are there are guys that I could just keep going with Marquette. Like I do a whole starting five of my favorite Marquette players. But this is the starting five of the all the NCAAs. So here's my list. I mean, there are a lot of guys that I kind of wrote down and have notes on. But my top five, and it's positionless basketball here, Anthony Davis, Tyler Hansborough, Adam Morrison, Kemba Walker, Blake Griffin. So if I look at all those guys, there are they are special for different reasons. Anthony Davis might have had the best one of anybody in college basketball over the last 20 years. 
Anthony Davis won the Wooden Award for Best Regular Season Player, and then he won Most val- most Outstanding, it's not Most Valuable, Most Outstanding Player for the NCAA Tournament en route to an NCAA Championship. Anthony Davis had the most successful one-and-done career. Now, I know that Melo is going to be mentioned in this. It's like, where's Carmelo? Carmelo deserves a ton of credit. I mean, I think Carmelo has a seat at this table. Maybe he's not at the head table. Maybe he's more at the second-tier table because Melo deserves to be mentioned for sure. And I think for Melo, it's different than Davis because during Melo's time, people were like, is this is this one-and-done thing going to actually work? Is one-and-done going to be a thing? I don't even think people knew Melo was going to get be a one-and-done. I think he's loop, or looped in as a one-and-done, but he's not. Like, I don't think that was ever his decision to be like one-year college and I'm out. He just had an incredible run in the tournament that brought up his draft value, and he's like, all right, I'm going to go pro. And then he's now lumped in with these one-and-done guys. He shouldn't be. But what Carmelo did in the NCAA tournament was otherworldly. Deserves a lot of credit. As for Tyler Hansborough, I mean, Tyler Hansborough is, you know, was a quintessential college player. He did everything that you wanted him to do. He was a monster on the glass. He scored a bunch. He was a perpetual asshole. Um, it's weird that Tyler Hansborough was a North Carolina guy, not a Duke guy. But yeah, Psycho T has to be on that list. Adam Morrison, I, I mean... This is a blend of favorite as well as best because I loved watching Adam Morrison play. I think Adam Morrison was an absolute bucket. I think there's an alternate reality where Adam Morrison is a role player on a playoff team. And at this point, he's probably retiring or he's getting close to retirement given the fact that J.J. Redick, another loser, uh, given his comments about Giannis, uh, retired a couple years ago. But yeah, Morrison has to be on the list for me. Kemba... I mean, Kemba is a little bit of a combination of favorite and best, but what Kemba did in the NCAA tournament, in the Big East tournament, should never be forgotten. That was as clutch as it'll ever get from one individual athlete. Not necessarily a team, it was one player, and it was Kemba Walker. And then the last vote is for Blake Griffin, as I mentioned in in the Open. But yeah, Blake, I mean, Blake was a fucking phenom, like... What Blake did on the basketball court was so impressive year in, year out. Or not really year in, year out. I think he was only there for two years. But game in, game out, where you kept seeing this kind of supernova, something you had really never seen before in college basketball. And that's what Blake Griffin brought to the table. So those are my votes. Um, honorable mentions, I had Juan Dixon. I loved Juan Dixon. I think Juan Dixon was a excellent basketball player. I also had... See, I lost my list here, which is not good. Did not need the list being lost. I also had TJ Lawson on that list. TJ Lawson, underrated guy. He had a really good career with North Carolina, but I feel like he shouldn't be talked about. Jimmer Fredette was a guy that I originally had on the list, and then he kind of fell off. Fredette, the Jimmer year was so exciting. I was kind of doing research of others, too. A lot of people had Steph Curry on the list. I was like, yeah, I guess, but like we weren't watching Davidson play some whatever conference Davidson was in at that time. We're not watching Davidson play. If anything, Steph Curry, you know, is part of that group that launched a new generation, right? And launched sort of this next iteration. And the fact that Davidson now is in the A10 is all because of Steph Curry. But I didn't have Steph Curry on my list. 
I had Zion. Zion, I mean, was otherworldly. I mean, maybe not the best, but if you go into, like, who drew the most eyeballs in the last 20-some years, Zion's up there. Uh, Buddy Heald's a guy who I think gets kind of forgotten. Buddy Heald was an absolute bucket in college. He was so good. I really liked watching Buddy Heald play, uh, but Buddy Heald does not make the list for the best players. Other question uh, comes from my guy, Big East Golden Eagle, on Twitter. Uh, you should give him a follow if you're a Marquette fan. Uh, he asked me, there's over a 1,000 players in the transfer portal. Why hasn't Marquette had one player head to the portal? It's an awesome question. Um, something I've really kind of thought about and maybe had my own topic. You saw Wisconsin, they now have two guys, I believe, in the, town, in the portal with Matthew Murs and Ben Carlson, both headed there in the last few weeks. And I look at it, and I think my take on that is that Chalk Smart is the guys that want to be here. Everybody's all in. Everybody wants to buy in. Everybody believes in the mission that Chalk Smart is putting in front of them. And I don't think there's a lot of, fuck this, I need to go play somewhere else. I think maybe some of these guys have peaked at Marquette. And I, I don't mean that in a negative connotation. I mean that in more of... This is probably the best they can do. And if they say, oh, okay, I'm going to enter the transfer portal, and they start getting calls from Northern Iowa, they start getting calls from Moorhead State, they're not getting calls from North Carolina, they're not getting calls from Duke or Kansas, and they're like, oh, shit, I overshot my wad. And I think I think that is known, right? Like, I, I, think, I think that is known a little bit. But the fact of the matter is, is that none of these guys are are leaving. And I think that speaks to what Shaka Smart, Shaka Smart has been able to do. And I think he's building a real culture there. I think he has his guys there. And I think that Marquette is going to keep trudging along. They, If they don't lose anyone to the portal, and if they don't lose Justin Lewis too, um, which is maybe a long shot, I think, at this point, uh, Marquette is one of the more experienced teams out there. Because there's no sort of team chemistry they need to form out of thin air. I think that's what you're going to see a lot more with the portal is that you can't make chemistry happen. You saw this with like a team like Oklahoma. You saw this with a team like LSU or Texas. Texas is a better example than LSU. I don't think LSU had a lot of portal. But Texas, I mean, Texas tried to put together their team and tried to fast track the Chris Beard generation, and it just didn't really work. I mean, they were exited in the second round. It's kind of where Texas has been since. Like, they haven't really done a lot of Sweet 16s. They haven't done Elite 8s. So, is it really a success that you brought in guys like Marcus Carr, or should you have just kind of held the line? Lastly, this is more a question for me. So, I was walking my dog, Lily, assistant producer, and I walked by a vegan restaurant. And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, we have a variety of vegan restaurants on the Lower East Side. We have that one, which is Strange Town. We have, I think it's called the Lafayette, which is also plant-based. And now Nice Guys, which was formerly Snack Boys. It's Nice Guys now, and that is plant-based. So we have three plant-based locations in walking distance. So I'm walking the dog, and I just had a thought. I was like, and I look, I always can look inside the windows and whatever, not being a creep, but I was like thinking about it, and I'm like, what do you think the percentage of people who lean right and maybe have voted right have been in this place? And I was thinking about it, I'm like, I bet there's less than 5%. 
I think there is less than 5% who've actually went in there that isn't, hasn't, didn't have an agenda, put it that way. Like, they didn't come in there with an open mind and be like, all right, my daughter or my son wants to eat here. Or they're, they're relate. this is where they want to introduce a girlfriend or a boyfriend, whatever. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think there are a lot of people that would push back on it. I think there are a lot of red-blooded, red Americans who, if I told them, I'm like, yeah, I live by three plant-based shops. They'd be like, whoa, what the fuck? Let's put a burger place up right there to combat with it. I don't know. It's... Uh, Something else. I don't know. Something I was kind of noodling on as I as I walked the dog. Oh, I had something. I just had something else, and I can't. I can't think of it. It's okay. Maybe I'll save it for next Friday. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, we will talk Bucks, Clippers, Bucks, Mavericks. See what else happens. We'll see if all the Bucks play. I highly doubt it, but who knows? Uh, shout out to Mitch again for jumping on the pod. Much appreciated. Hope you guys enjoyed that little little. Pivot, shall we say, from your normal Friday pod. All right, take care. Have a good one. Bye.